0: Good morning, Timberlake. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, That was nice. Good. Uh, my name is Cord Doss. I am the Minister of Connections, Life Groups, and Worship here, and I'm excited to be with you this morning. Uh, we have uh, are gone through three weeks of our series, um, uh, No Apologies, and over those last few weeks, Pastor Brad has um, he's gone through the Book of Romans, uh, also known as the letter, uh, Paul's letter to the Romans. Um, in week one, we talked about uh, how hard it is for us to accept um, how bad the Bible says we are. Um, but that God still loves us. Um, And we have this way of salvation provided for us through Jesus. In week two, we talked about um, how we should be weird as Christians, Uh, not in the Bible thumping or shouting on the street corner kind of way, uh, but the one that lives a distinct uh, way of life, uh, a life that is generous, patient, um, hospitable, and loving. And last week, uh, Pastor Brad convicted us, Uh, convicted us to remember our mission is to reach people. Um, and that no matter what our preferences, uh, as long as, uh, as we see fruit in our ministries, uh, God is at work. I want to welcome you to the fourth and final week of our series, uh, No Apologies. Again, I'm excited to be with you this morning um, as we talk about something that really is a great sending, um, a great um, uh, sum of what we've experienced the last three weeks, and that is understanding evangelism. Uh, and then learning that how um, our story can plant the seeds, but also understanding that God is the one that has been making them grow. So we use stories all the time uh, to we use stories to create relationships. Uh, we use stories to update people on our life uh, and, and where our life is, the aspects of our life. Uh, we use stories to break down conflict barriers. We use stories to just have a laugh, right? Uh, have a good time. Uh, here's a good story um, that I found this past week. Jesus and Moses are golfing. Jesus says, watch this drive. It'll be just like Tiger Woods. He hits the ball and goes right into the lake. Moses says, I'll get it. He goes down to the lake, parts the water, and retrieves the ball. Okay, Jesus says, this time it'll be just like Tiger Woods. He hits the ball again and right into the lake. Moses goes down to the lake, parts the lake, parts the waters, and retrieves the ball. Third time is a charm. Jesus says, watch just like Tiger Woods. And for the third time, he hits it right into the lake. (laughs) Moses says, this time you get it yourself, okay? As Jesus is walking down to the lake and starts walking on the water, looking for the ball, a crowd is formed. They're interested. One guy says, who does this guy think he is? Jesus Christ? No, Moses says, he thinks he's Tiger Woods. <laughs> right? Yes. He killed twice. That's two. two for three, all right? Two for three. I mean, two for two right now. Yeah, I haven't got the third one yet. <laughs> Let's read the scripture for today. Uh, it comes from chapter 10 of Romans, starting at verse 13 through 15. It'll be on the screen this morning. It says this, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. May God bless the reading and understanding of his holy word. So Paul is asking a lot of questions here based on his um, beginning statement. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. So today we're going to figure out um, how we get to be a part of this thing called evangelism. Uh, How we get to be a part of helping our friends, our family, our children, our co-workers understand who Jesus is. Today we get to find out that we are called to tell people about Jesus. So a lot of us read Paul's writings uh, in the Scripture, and immediately we push back. Okay, we uh, we have these thoughts and these statements like, "I don't feel qualified. Uh, this can't be me that he's talking about. I have no clue what to say to people." I'm gonna admit to you all, um, I've had all those thoughts as well. Okay, here's my problem: uh, I don't feel qualified. Okay, even when I was brought into this position back in March. The little voices in my head have continued to tell me, you're not qualified for this cord. Uh, you didn't go to school to do this. You've never been to seminary. You're not a Bible scholar. Uh, you can never pastor people. I continue to hear these voices, these, these words in my head, my own thoughts making me feel that I'm not qualified. See, I think we all have these moments in our lives. Uh, I'd say the beginning of trying a new sport um, and the unknowns that come with that. Uh, Going to college and maybe second-guessing what we chose as a major. Um, How about the first year, the week, day, minutes of becoming a parent? (laughs) That new responsibility can really open up your eyes on what you think you're prepared for, right? Or how about signing up to volunteer at VBS for the first time with over 300 kids? That will make you feel unqualified, right? (laughs) Yeah, so we all battle with being reluctant to things that we don't feel we're qualified for. Qualified to take on, to manage, to complete I think as Christians, we do the same thing, okay? So we might see ourselves as just a normal Christian, uh, one that does not need to tell others about our faith, a Christian that just gets to sit and watch maybe, Um, a Christian that gets to just sit back, maybe watch the professionals do their job. But maybe we get to do the -the behind-the-scenes things. We get to set up chairs, fix meals, teach the kids, maybe play some music. Um, These things we agreed to do aren't less than but they're definitely out of the spotlight, right? So most, if not all of us, also don't have degrees in theology uh, or training on how to be a communicator either. And because of that, we think we aren't qualified. We struggle with the idea of evangelism and what it means for us personally uh, as Christians today. So therefore, we don't feel adequate to do it. Uh, We don't feel adequate to do what Paul says we are supposed to do, evangelize. Let's look at the definition this morning of evangelism. Uh, It says this, the spreading of the Christian gospel by public preaching or personal witness. Public, Hmm. public preaching. So there is no way we could preach to someone and spread the gospel to them. We We don't feel qualified. Yes, we might have taken a public speaking class in college or high school, but to be able to explain the gospel, like explain the gospel to someone so clearly for them to understand it without any question. We don't feel qualified to do that. And then it says, personal witness, personal witness, personal. Y'all, I wasn't there when Jesus was killed and then resurrected from the dead. Like, I mean, I believe it, right? But I have no personal recollection of that story. Even if I was able to tell someone about it, I just don't think it would go well. I would probably mess up, right? Or this, maybe we've had a bad experience in the past. So we we tried to tell someone about Jesus and we think it didn't go well. Uh, We rambled, we messed up what we said. We probably think we said the wrong things. Uh, And maybe we worry that we did more harm than actually good. See, when we think about, though, how important it is for us to share the gospel, we think about those people that mean something to us. So the man down the street in our neighborhood, um, our, our favorite person at work, Um, Our kids, our parents, our grandchildren. We love them, right? And, And we know we want them to have this distinct way of life. We want them to be saved from a life of sin. But we think we aren't qualified. See, the tension with Paul's writings is this. How are people to hear about the gospel, news of Jesus, without someone being willing and able to share it with them? I think that question is hard for us to answer because... We're willing to help, right? We, we want to help. We want to save their lives, but we don't feel we're able or qualified. Here we go, though. I don't think this is all on us. Okay, see, we aren't alone in this. I think we might be missing the point of where our impact actually comes from. Our story plants seeds, but God is making them grow. Well, let's read together in Jeremiah uh, chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. All right, right there in that first verse, God calls out our youth, and he understands that we don't feel qualified. And he squashes our fear of not being qualified, okay? So it's kind of like a relief. You ever had one of those conversations that built up, built up? you knew you had to have it, but you, you were dreading it, and, and you were like, man, they're just not gonna understand me, they're not gonna understand it. it's gonna go so bad. And then right when you're in the middle of that conversation, you realize they're kind of on the same page with you. Like, they agree, and immediately you're like, oh, okay, all right, this, it's like a relief thing, right? So th- that's what the scripture is for me. It's like, when I hear, do not say I am only a youth, Okay, he understands that we don't feel qualified. And then it goes on. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. So he confirms right there that we are sent, okay? He is already sending us. He's placing us with opportunities all the time. We are sent to whoever God puts before us. Our neighbors, our coworkers, our family, our friends, our children. And then in verse 8, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. I am with you to deliver you. Right now, we have this stamp of approval, right? God is with us to help us with this task. He he tells us to not be afraid. We're probably worried about our, our delivery, though, right? Again, we have God at our side. We have this stamp of approval. But what do we say? How will they believe what we believe? How can we help them to understand our faith? Our story plants seeds, but God is making them grow. Our story, I've said this a couple of times now. We keep hearing these words, our story. What are we talking about, our story? Why does it matter? Well, over 70% of scripture is narrative. That means that the primary way God chose to reveal himself is through story. 70%. See, God knows that stories, they connect, they engage us in all levels, the intellectual, the spiritual, the emotional, the physical. See, he created us not just to have a story, but to be a revelation of the good story of the gospel. He created us not to just have a story, but to be a revelation of the good story of the gospel. The goodness of God is revealed through our stories through all of our very own stories. So every life is meant to uniquely reflect something of the goodness and the character of God. Our story is our own. We've lived it. We've breathed it. We've experienced it. Maybe it's our best opportunity to share the gospel with with who God has put before us. And there's proof in Scripture, actually, because that personal stories make an impact. Um, Like like there's some examples. Uh, Paul, he tells us Damascus Road story in the book of Acts. Uh, the woman at the well, um, she went out and told others of what God was doing in her life. Mary Magdalene, she was the first to see the resurrected Jesus, and she immediately went and told the good news. And there's David, there's Job. I mean, there's there's so many examples of how personal testimonies testified on what God was doing in their lives. All right, so God has sent us, okay? Yeah, He's given us that stamp of approval, um, and we know that our story might be the best way we're still struggling, right? Like, this is a lot. Like, this is a lot of, this is a big task, okay? Today, we're going to give you some practical advice, though, uh, to make this big task feel easier, um, to make this feel a little bit more comfortable um, and more qualified for being called to evangelism. All right, two words, prepare and proclaim. Prepare. First, we need to acknowledge that all of our stories are different, okay? Every one in the story may be filled with different things, different elements, um, some full of angst, some full of anger, some full of uh, the unknown, some full of um, despair, hurt, whatever it is. We all have different ups and we all have different downs. Then we need to look for the moments uh, in our lives where things just aligned, okay? Where they all just fell in place. Look for the moments where the unknown became clear, where the struggles in your life, they weren't as bad as what they used to be. That's where we can find the goodness of God. And then we get to celebrate because we get to think through which events were pivotal in our coming of faith, which events were were, were the moments where we knew, hey, this is what I believe. This This is pivotal in my coming to faith. By preparing, we are also celebrating what God has already done in our lives. So we acknowledge our stories are different. We look for moments where the goodness of God can be found, and we celebrate those moments as pivotal times in our coming of faith. Prepare and proclaim. I right, proclaim, this is probably the hardest part, right? Uh, this, this is what it says, the definition of proclaim. Declare something one considers important with due emphasis. This, this is the hardest part, all right? This might seem like the hardest part. But actually, proclaiming what God has done with our story, let's look at it this way. Uh, we have this amazing opportunity uh, to declare our faith in God. It's an amazing opportunity, okay? And declare that the love he covers us with has made a huge difference in our lives. Not only do we want to talk about the um, story of the gospel, but we want to talk about what believing in it has done for our life. We want to make God the hero of our story, not ourselves. Not what we have done, but what God has done in our life. See, it's one thing to tell the story of how you became a Christian and what convinced you of its truth, but it's another thing to tell why to tell why you're you're thankful for the gospel's work within you, how it made you a a better person, a more compassionate husband, a a better friend, a a more compassionate friend. See, this is our piece, y'all. This is our part to prepare and then proclaim. We have the opportunities to plant the seeds. We are even watering them. But here's the best part, okay? God is the one who's making them grow. Our story plants seeds, but God is making them grow. This still doesn't seem easy, okay? Like This is still a lot of work. Uh, It feels like a lot of pressure, right? We're talking about people we love. We're talking about because their lives are at stake. We're not alone here, though, okay? See, God not only has shaped our lives, our story, the ups and downs, but he's the one who takes the seeds we plant, Seeds we plant, the seeds we water, and He's making them grow. In First Corinthians, let's read this together. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. So yes, we have this opportunity to to share our story, uh, to share the gospel and how it shapes our lives and shapes our stories today. But God now has taken the pressure off of us, okay? So he's the one who makes the seeds grow. He's the one who works within the hearts of the ones who listen to our story. He's the one who opens the eyes of the people we share it with so they may know that he is Savior. And this isn't just something that happens in an instant. It doesn't just start when Daw shares his story. No, read this. But God has been making it grow. He's been working within these moments forever. And he will continue to work, making it grow. It says he has been making it grow, not made. See, I think the best part of the scripture in 1 Corinthians is verse 6. Yes, it takes the pressure off of us. But in verse 7, this is this is the best part. It takes the impact out of our hands, okay? It takes it out of our mouths, out of our story. It takes our name off of the story. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. See, we don't matter in this story, okay? We don't get the glory within our own stories. Our stories are best executed when they push back to what God has done in our lives. Our stories are best executed when they push back to what God has done in our lives. We're not the hero in our own story. God is. We are not the hero in the stories of the saving of the people we tell, God is. All right. So this this is kind of funny, but last night uh, Libby, um, my wife Libby, is asking me how I felt about preaching. Okay, um, and she said, "What story are you telling? You know, what story are you using uh, for your message?" My response was, "Well, I, I don't have one. <laughs> um, I, I didn't think about one. I don't. I really didn't have one." Um, and she was really confused and kind of upset. Uh, she was like, "Really?" it's going to be boring. You know, no. she didn't really say that, but she was like joking with me about it. And then I got to thinking, like I was like, Oh, if I'm actually talking about using stories to tell people about Jesus, then I don't use a story to drive the message home. Am I really practicing what I'm preaching? <laughs> no, I'm not. So, all right, here's a story for you. Okay. A couple months ago, uh, my son, Leitner, Libby, and I were hanging out in our bedroom, and uh, Libby starts telling Leitner um, and I this story about uh, what happened to her in the middle of the night, okay? Um, she woke up, she was kind of cold, uh, and noticed the covers were not on her. Don't worry, I didn't steal them on my side, I promise. Um, then she noticed they were pulled down to her knees, and, and our dog, Charlie, was on top of them. So she reaches down, uh, grabs the covers, pulls them up with one big tug, but when she did... She flipped Charlie in the air, and he did a huge backflip and like landed right on right on the middle of the bed. Okay, So as she's telling us this story um, and telling us how she couldn't stop laughing at 2 a.m. in the morning uh, as Charlie's flipping you know, in the bed, uh, Leitner starts laughing as well. Um, and then he says this. He says, Mom, that story was so funny. I can see it in my head. I know what you're talking about. That was really funny, Mom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then she she also asked, me well, last not you going to cry. I said, no, I'm not going to cry. Well, maybe. <coughs> I'm sorry. So think about this. This three-year-old was listening intently to his mother, listening to a story about someone he loved, his dog. And he was so engaged that he could picture it in his head, and he couldn't control his laughter. So how does that cute story um, go along with the message this morning? Well, several ways, I think. We're called to preach to the ones closest to us because they'll listen. They trust us. They'll be engaged. We're called to use stories within our lives uh, that tell the impact God has made and continues to make. And if you guys ever think that your story will not have impact, just think about the story of a dog flipping in the middle of the air and what it made on the impact of my son. He couldn't stop laughing. It changed him. His understanding, it changed him. So prepare your story, y'all, uh, and then be ready to proclaim it. Because imagine this, imagine this, okay? If we were all ready, we we're all prepared to share what God has done in our lives. Imagine the amount of personal impact we could make with the ones God puts before us and continues to put before us. And imagine what will happen when that impact multiplies. Because not only are we sharing our story with others, we're now a small piece that helps shape their story as well. Remember this, God has given us the stamp of approval. He's taken the hard work off of us. It's a relief kind of thing. He's going to pull the weight. He's promised it. He has all the hard work. All we have to do is be willing to prepare, be willing to proclaim so that our stories can plant the seeds and water them. God's already promised that he has been and will continue to make them grow.